crazy fun week of just talking about the college football Another playoff committee. Another boring off-season podcast. Yeah, and commiserating about Ohio State isn't in the playoff and complaining about, you know, I don't know, random things or whatever. But uh, as it turns out, <laughs> uh, we got a bit of news today, uh, This as of this recording, Monday, December 4th. And it popped off at like 7 in the morning, which is a great time. Um, for breaking sports news everybody loves that uh, bright and early on a monday which is of course that kyle mccord along with a bunch of other guys are uh, transferring from the ohio state university's football program and my initial reaction to that was that i was uh, i was surprised but not shocked and what i mean by that is um maybe i was a little bit surprised just in the manner of all of it happening but I feel like the signs were kind of there, particularly with some of the things that Ryan Day had said about the quarterback competition still essentially being open. Um, maybe the fact that there were a trillion quarterbacks in the portal already. And while I'm, I think, overall a little disappointed that Kyle McCord did not involve into the kind of quarterback that we are used to seeing at Ohio State over the past 10 years or so, um, I do think it's an opportunity for everybody involved to maybe kind of make some moves and, and, and do things that are beneficial for them. So I'm, you know, I wish Kyle McCord all the best. I also think that there is definitely an opportunity here for Ohio state to, uh, improve their quarterback play in 2024. Let me put it that way. I like how you said Kyle McCord and a bunch of guys, which <laughs> yeah. includes Julian Fleming. That's right. Take that Julian Fleming and, yeah. uh, everybody else he had no, two but you know huge what I'm catches I mean, in the michigan game if ohio state had won that game he would have been an unsung hero and he was sure. a great blocker and he'll be missed but you know he what caught I'm saying, no though, touchdowns right? this, this is, year that's tough right but you know what i'm saying though this is a this is the quarterback position is is the you know the prestige Chief, position. i practically chased kyle mccord out of columbus on the dub cast last week like i was right. not very nice to that guy so i i i my most optimistic outlook for the quarterback position would have been uh any sort of hints or deviating away from what we just saw the end result was with McCord a few weeks ago. So I like, this is kind of the best news that I could have expected. And for the sake of like stability and outlook of the position uh, at this university going forward, regardless of whether it's a transfer portal fill in or whatever talent they have coming in on the recruiting trail, I'm more confident than them trying to explore the ceiling of the guy that just left after losing his first game as a starter, after losing the game against Michigan. I just have to wonder if when they were choosing between McCord and McCarthy, as we were discussing last week, would Ryan Day have prioritized a quarterback that taps out after losing to Michigan one time? C.J. Stroud did the same thing, lost against Michigan in his first start, and although Stroud ultimately never ended up beating Michigan as a starter, uh, he still put together a body of work at Ohio State that allowed him to become 
a board, a fringe NFL MVP candidate in his rookie season. <laughs> right. So there's benefits to sticking it out. And even though Stroud didn't end up having the competition going into his second year that McCord presumably was going to have to entertain, you still look at, I mean, McCord could have used the bowl game to prove himself much in the same way that Stroud did in the Rose Bowl. Can I I ask you this? Let me ask you this real quick, because this is so I think this is kind of the crux of all of this. Do you think it was a situation where Kyle McCord um, took it, basically took it upon himself and said, look, I'm going to test the waters of the portal. I'm out. I want to find some place where I don't have to worry about, you know, the kind of competition that Ryan Day seems to want. Or do you think it was more a situation where Ryan Day was talking to him and saying, look, man, like, you know, this is we're not only is this an open competition, but we're going to explore the portal. And that's up to you to decide what you want to do with that. Because I, I think in one sense, if we're being generous to Kyle McCord, it's like, you know, if you know that you're going to see, you know, a team bring in some guy and pay tons of money and, and try to arrange NIL money for this guy. Uh, that you're probably on the back burner or it's a situation where he's like, you know, I want to find greener pastures. And I, I think one says more about the attitude of Ryan day. And I think the other says more about the attitude of Kyle McCord. I think they were probably playing. Will they, or won't they for, you know, uh, as soon as after the Michigan game ended. Yeah. Or yeah. perhaps even possibly, um, you know, just writing it out until the playoff results came in or things just, or at least, you know, the conference championship weekend results became apparent. And then, you know, I, I can't speculate on what dialogue may or may not have taken place prior to what was announced, but what is pretty clear to me is that day communicated that he wasn't going to have rock solid confidence in McCord as the starter for next year, which I think is what was in the best interest of the team and what was fair given the way things played out and the immediate like cold response the next morning that even among the players seemed to be a, a surprise move the fact that it was kept that close to the chest and then released in such immediate response and stark contrast to what Day said just kind of tells you that it, it it wasn't so much of like a a a very drawn out thing I think since the Michigan game. So I think it's very much that you know Day just kind of finally had to lay it out in terms of what was going to be fair for the dynamic of the team going forward and uh mccord feeling like he had kind of earned his spot which it's not unfair i think for him to feel that way probably felt a little bit betrayed and you know i i'm gonna half jokingly invoke the guy's dad because uh, I'm forgetting what the guy's first name is, but uh, I know he was a quarterback at Rutgers. And I also know that he had, but even before McCord was a starter, this was a guy that was paying attention to the criticism that his son was receiving from members of the Ohio State beat. Uh, I'm not 
saying 11 warriors and this is before i was even at 11 warriors in time that i'm referring to but it was kind of an open joke among people that knew of uh i believe Derek mccord is his name uh that the guy was a little bit of a hothead relative to the criticism of his son and i wonder if based on like how sharp of a response that this was and you know mccord probably wanting counsel on you know making a decision like this in response to what day said i wonder how much his father kind of had a a like guidance or like perspective on that on the decision here just because you know that that's a guy that has very very much held his son in the highest stock even before the quarterback competition that he had with CJ Stroud and to see McCord now holding his own stock in a way where he believes he can transfer away from the school and come out the better for it rather than staying here i mean you you just wonder how many people are looking at the two parties here and expecting which one of them to come out the better of the i mean you you hesitate to call it a divorce but it is the offense losing its leader yeah and I mean, it's hard to see ohio state long term not coming out better for this you just wonder how many other people were seriously looking at where mccord is and being like you can you can do better elsewhere and there there will be a better situation for you relative to getting better uh from a competitive perspective or just even having the resources to develop for the yeah, NFL. I, I think the biggest thing for me is that it's interesting to think about if Ohio State had pulled off the win against Michigan. Like let's say that final drive, they get a touchdown, they win, they win the Big Ten championship. I mean, Kyle McCord is your starter next year, right? Like I, I can't imagine that if even even if they go to the playoffs and they get completely skunked in the first round, like let's say they end up taking Michigan's spot, they draw Alabama, Alabama beats them, whatever. I, I mean, Kyle McCord's got to be your starter in 2024, right? Like that doesn't change. So I can understand that if you're Kyle McCord, right, and you're seeing, you're like, okay, you know what? I was top 10 uh, in terms of efficiency in college football. I went 11 and one as a starter, you know, like we were one drive away from beating, you know, like a top three opponent and going to the college football playoff or winning the big 10 championship. Like I can understand why he would say I deserve to be considered, you know, a starting quarterback, quarterback number one at a prime program. Now I think there are a lot of deficiencies in Kyle McCord's game. I think he definitely, um, I don't think he regressed, but I don't think he really improved as a starter as the year went on, which is definitely a problem because they started playing more and more difficult teams. Um, and I, you know, obviously his mistakes against Michigan were huge, but I guess my point is, is that I don't, I'm not going to be critical of Kyle McCord of saying, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself and see what I can do at a place where I don't have to have this thing hanging over my head all the time. By that same token, I don't really criticize Ryan Day or Ohio State for making that same decision and saying, look, we can do better on, you know, 
in the portal. We can find a guy who's going to compete, who's going to go out there and be more of a leader. And there are a lot of intangibles that I think Ryan Day wants um, that he just hasn't seen with Kyle McCord. And both of those things are valid. So I don't think that's a situation where, you know, Kyle McCord's an idiot for doing this or Ryan Day's crazy for pushing him out. I don't think any of that. I just think maybe it was a bad fit. And in this environment with college football, like you can go out and get a Cam Ward and, you know, possibly bolster the hell out of your offense in the same way that, you know, Justin Fields did. So I'm just curious to see how this all plays out. I don't think it's going to be a long drawn out thing. I'm pretty sure, you know, especially given the amount of quarterback talent in the transfer portal right now, this is something that gets resolved relatively quickly because everybody's just going to be throwing around money and trying to get dudes to come in as quickly as possible. Um, But I will say, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, the, uh, the matchup against Missouri is going to be very crazy and very strange. Um, And we can talk about that a little bit more Uh, real quick before we, you know, talk a little bit about some of the other um, Ohio state players in the portal, some of the potential uh, replacements for Kyle McCord. Chase kind of wrote about this on the website. You get Cam Ward, as I mentioned, out of Washington State. I personally, uh, he's the guy that I, you know, I think I would pick if it, I could just, you know, go ahead and pick anybody. He's a guy who's really experienced. He's not going to be around for multiple years. He just got one year uh, with him, um, you know, over 65% uh, completion percentage, 48 touchdowns, 16 interceptions in two uh, seasons, almost 7,000 yards. He's going to be super high demand. Uh, Riley Leonard out of Duke. A lot of people say that he would be headed towards Notre Dame. Um, uh, DJ Uigalele out of uh, Oregon State, although, you know, I think some people are wary about him just because he's bounced around a lot. He's got that Dabo stank on him. That's right. right. Uh, And some people think because of, you know, Michigan State's uh, situation, because they just hired uh, Johnson Smith, that he might might head over there to East Lansing. Uh, Dylan Gabriel just announced today that he's in the transfer portal out of Oklahoma. Um, Also, you know, really successful uh, quarterback out of Oklahoma. I Dante Moore out of UCLA. I am not excited about. I know some people were just because of uh, Brandon Ennis wants him. Yeah, and <laughs> I understand that they're bros, and that's fine. But I got to tell you something, man. The guy completes about half his passes and loves throwing the ball away. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, I would not be super excited about him uh, replacing McCord. I think that would be a downgrade. And then you got Will Howard out of uh, Kansas State. So there's a lot of dudes out there um, who could potentially replace Kyle McCord. My Again, my preference would be Cam Ward. I don't know if that'll actually happen. Um, if you listen to uh, reports from, you know, radio guys from T3 programs, it's uh, – it's Dante Moore, but I don't I don't know how much stock you can put into that right now. So who knows? Maybe by the time this publishes, I'm completely wrong, and I'll be singing Moore's praises, um, you know, all the way up until the Air Nolan 2024. I gotta tell you something, dude. That's I I really am excited about that guy. Um, <laughs> but we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, by the way, real quick, this is something else that I kind of noticed during this whole thing. I mean, you know, even with Julian Fleming's uh, announcement, which I don't think anybody was super shocked by that. I mean, that's that's a guy with um, you know five star guy, one of the top recruits in the 2020 class. Uh, you know, I, I think he's pulling kind of a JMO kind of thing where it's like, look, you know, this is look who I was behind, look who I played with, and I can be your number one guy. Uh, what always gives me whiplash is kind of the the tone of these announcements 
where they spend like you know 50 words or so 50 to 100 words lavishing praise on the team that they were with and then the final sentence is like i'm, I'm leaving bye delete my number don't talk to me it's just, it's just like with all that said with all these amazing things like i want to live here i want to be buried under the stadium also uh never contact me again i'm, I'm out of here see ya like it's just it's very odd to me so the same thing with uh kyle mccord where he spends three paragraphs talking about how much he loves Columbus and Ohio state says, but that being said, I'm out of here for other opportunities. Bye. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to see how that kind of all, uh, all plays out. But, uh, Julian Fleming has gone number of other guys. Um, I don't know. It, this is a question that I was kind of thinking about too. And this is kind of a, a general, uh, topic. I mean, chop, unfortunately, Mayan Williams, he's going to be declaring for the draft. You've got a lot of guys who are out in the portal, I think more than the entirety of last year already in like a week, basically. Is this is this just where we're at in college football or does that speak to something maybe more serious or at least more interesting happening in Columbus and Ryan Day? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, this is this is the reality of the current era. Like, you shouldn't lose before conference championship week if you don't want the sting of, like, the most important losing the most important game of your season to linger in a way that influences your players to look at what has happened and see other programs succeeding where you've very transparently failed your goals and are now saying, okay, do I want to settle for the current situation or take it upon myself to invest in my own opportunity and improve my own stock? So you can't fault a lot of players for choosing to do that. I'm sure it's going to look good on their resume that they were Ohio State football players as they you know, look for potential opportunities to go start elsewhere because – the majority of these players, Fleming included, weren't actually starters at their respective positions. Fleming right. got a lot of playing time this year, but he didn't get a lot of targets, and he didn't he didn't score, which was a, like a setback from the previous season. And he just dealt with a lot of injury setbacks relative to the younger, healthier, more talented athletes of the same pedigree relative to high school success that are coming in constantly at receiver at this school, you can't fault Fleming for, you know, looking at who he is and, you know, presenting the skill set that he has and saying, I've still got talent as a receiver that can be utilized in a way that just isn't getting the shine in this offense. Right. You wonder how he could have con like could have done this season with, another year of like Stroud or oh, like sure. a more talented distributor of the football than McCord relative to what we've seen from day in recent years. But I still think that I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a more successful year elsewhere next year uh, than even McCord has next year is going to be Kyle McCord's first time playing football as an adult where he isn't throwing the football to Marvin Harrison Jr. So right. I, I I wish him luck, but I, I don't see him going further than like Rutgers or Iowa 
And I, I, I just want, I, I think Fleming can do a lot more for a lot more different high level programs, much in the same way that Jameson Williams felt about himself and ended up at Alabama. I'm not saying right. Fleming's going to go to Alabama, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up at a college football playoff contender. Like, uh, yeah, I know some people are speculating Penn state. That would be particularly painful. I think for Ohio state fans, I would hope that he goes outside of the big 10, but it, it, wherever he goes, I I'm still optimistic. He's going to have more success and contribute more to his team's success uh, than McCord is. Well, and the bigger thing to me is just that if, you know, Ohio state beats Michigan and wins the big 10 or whatever, none of this is happening now, right? Like that's all stuff that happens after your final major loss of the season. And, you know, you don't ask yourself these questions as a program until January or whenever that people decide to do that because the right. Whole, but then you different. shouldn't, but if you beat Michigan, then you don't have to worry about this for, you know, at least another month. Exactly. So that's exactly you put it on the guy who just said, I'm going to leave. Right. <laughs> right. No. And so that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. And I don't, I mean, for me specifically, like I don't, as a fan, I don't think I get too worked about, about this stuff too worked up about this stuff at this point, because, um, you know, it's, it's the way college football is now. Cause we have a podcast event about it on. That's right. Well, that's right. That's right. But I, you know, I, I get, I talk to my coworkers about it who are big fans of football and college football. And they, they're just like, Oh, I can't believe this is where we're at. And I, I understand that it's, it's, it's super mercenary. It's, it feels weird. Um, you know, and I told, <laughs> I told one of my coworkers that, uh, you know, Kyle McCord's not playing in the bowl game. And he was like, what? He, <laughs> like he about had a kitten. Like he knew that Kyle McCord was transferring, but thought that Kyle McCord would stay through the bowl game. <laughs> and I was like, no, dude, he's gone. Like that's, that's it. And that's the portal and then, well, just I, swallows them up immediately. Right. But my point is, is that I don't think people quite have wrapped their heads around all of this, which is totally understandable because it's a lot, but it's just, it's interesting to me um, how people kind of react to all of, all of the comings and goings and the amount of money involved and all that kind of stuff. So uh, just interesting. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen here in the next, like I said, you know, three to four weeks, but um, hopefully it's, it's not a situation where Ohio state, um, you know, ends up regretting the what comes next because you know it's it's entirely possible to get a Justin Fields, but you know maybe you don't. Maybe you maybe you end up taking a step back where you did. Uh, I would I would just say like that for the sake of people that might think that the quarterback situation is in a state of instability. I would point to the fact that how you you can't realistically expect to get another. I don't want to say. Fields was a generational talent, but he was an extremely like high level prospect relative to what Ohio State. Yeah, I think that's not that's not the, that's not common, right? Like that's not right. something that you can just expect every time that you you know entertain. The but the fact portal. that that was the kind of transfer portal success that Ohio State had the last time that they had this opportunity available and they went to the portal tells you that. The, like that they can have that kind of success again in terms of drawing a talent that then thrives in that role they've already proven under ryan day that they can get that done 
So right. it's uh, I, I'm I'm confident that if they choose to go that route, that it's going to work out. I won't say necessarily with whoever they land, but the fact that they were able to get a guy like Fields before tells me that if they want to get someone like Cam Ward, if they want to go out and attract their type of quarterback to this program, they'll be able to do that without fail. So yeah. I feel pretty good about that. Okay. I mean, there's a ton of talent out there in the portal too, right? Like it's not like, you know, they would be hurting for guys. If they really are looking for somebody that they want, uh, they can go out and get them. Um, Cause there's a lot of different talent out there and they'll probably continue to be a lot. I mean, I don't think this is, you know, just today, like I said, you get Oklahoma's starting quarterback out in the portal. I don't expect him to be the last dude at all. Um, so that's that's kind of what's going on with that. Uh, it's, it's obviously interesting times. And, of course, this conversation is happening because Ohio State, you know, they're not in the playoff. They're not, uh, you know, they didn't win the Big Ten championship and all that. Um, there is a game that has to be played, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. We're also do Ask Us Anything and, of course, break down the college football playoff drama. But before we do that... We want to remind you that we are sponsored by One Medical. Let's hear from them. The best defense is a good offense, and that goes for your health, too. That's why One Medical, the modern doctor's office, is changing the playbook for primary care. With four C-Bus locations and 24-7 virtual care, One Medical helps Buckeye stay healthy. And the relationship with OSU's Wexner Medical Center makes it easy to get access to specialists. To get your 30-day free trial, visit onemedical.com and use the code TRY1MCOL. That's T-R-Y, the number one, M-C-O-L. All right, that was One Medical. Let's get into our favorite part of the program, Ask Us Anything, where you can ask us literally anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com. Let's go ahead and start here with a question from Kevin, and I think this is something... I don't know. I, you know, a lot of people probably felt this way, especially in the immediate aftermath of the mission game. But Kevin uh, wants to know, do you think Ryan day is becoming John Cooper? 11 and 0 does not matter if you lose to that team up North. He makes a lot of money. Are we there yet? No, but I mean, look, I, I, I think I've said it before on the program, we could go one and 11. And if the one win is Michigan, it's a successful season for me. So I, I do value it that much to the point that 11 and 0 without a win over Michigan is like, yeah, it it ain't really doing it for me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm, I, 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 how do you think John Cooper would have done in the college football playoff? Like, let's be (laughs) honest here. All right. Like. Day yeah. is still the guy that down Dabo. Like he it, did. we, there's a lot of things to be happy for that, about. By the way, he does not get enough credit for destroying the Clemson Tigers football team. Like that program, that was like that was a hobbling. I don't think anyone has ever seen in a long time. Like Ohio State annihilated that program, uh, and they have not been the uh, same since. No, I don't think he's. I don't think he's John Cooper. Uh, again, I grew up with you know growing up in the '90s. It's like one eleven and one. We're we're not there yet. Ohio State is not there yet. Um, all right, so this one's from Sarah and Indy. Hi guys. At this point, by the way, I like this question because I'm pretty sure that Sarah spoke this into existence. But uh, she says, at this point, we can see that McCord is not going to get us to where we want to be in the future. What are your thoughts on not playing McCord if we end up in the Orange Bowl and giving reps to the potential next man up? 
If that forces McCord to transfer, I won't cry any tears. <laughs> well, Sarah. I have good news for you, Sarah. Guess what? Um, <laughs> no really tears funny. today. That's right. Uh, so, you know, there you go. Maybe, and you know what? Maybe maybe Sarah had some information that, um, that we did not. So oh, that's, scoop. that's really funny to me. I appreciate that. Uh, so this is from um, uh, this is from Mac, and uh, so this is kind of related to uh, some of the uh, the college football committee thing here. He says, uh, "I bet Florida State wishes they had some of those dang old Michigan men lawyers." Uh, then the committee would brought to their knees. <laughs> By the way, if if you didn't see the reaction of Michigan at, upon finding the uh, finding out that they'd be playing Alabama instead of Florida State, I can guarantee you there are some Michigan men lawyers who are immediately on their phones, uh, googling NCAA bylaws to try to figure out a way that they could play Florida State instead of Alabama, um, because they were they were not excited about that. Uh, so anyway, this is from uh, from Mac. Uh, if it seems like I have so much free time to talk and bombard y'all, it's because I do. This past Wednesday, thankfully after November 25th, my first child was born. Congratulations. Congrats, uh, she's Mac. A, that's unbelievable. She's a small four pounds and 10 ounces, and her name is Scarlet. That's fantastic. This was mom's idea, but she knew daddy wouldn't say no. Even down to her name, she's our little buckeye. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Very to you, good. Man. That's great. God knew to keep her away to see another loss from the Ann Arbor Astros uh, and as sure as V2 obliterate Virginia no matter time of the day. It'll be a long time uh, before she gets, gets to. God bless for my family to yours. Uh, <laughs> not your your friend Alvin. Um, that's fantastic, by the way, Mac. That's great. I love to hear that. I love making baby announcements on the dubcast. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's fantastic. I don't know if that, I don't think that was a question, but I'm very happy for you, Matt. Congratulations. You doesn't need to be, you know what? Ask us anything, <laughs> announce us anything. That's fine too. Um, also Bryant, uh, had written, he said a follow-up question. Uh, and here comes the blank, the starting quarterback for the 2024 Ohio State Buckeyes against Southern Miss. And then he DM me said, uh, Johnny, what did I do? Was this my fault? Uh, yes, Brian, it was your fault. You're, it is your fault that Ohio State is um, is uh, looking in the transfer portal. Because, no, you did, uh, you've done well, Brian. We're very right. happy. The listeners, if anything, the, the 11 Dubcast this week has proven that 11 Dubcast listeners can force an Ohio State starting quarterback to transfer. Uh, Between Sarah and Brian and myself, it's like I said, we chased him off. The Dubcast chased him out of Columbus. You guys are terrible people. Um, (laughs) We have another Good work, my minions. That's right. right. Do my bidding. (laughs) Uh, uh, We have another one here from Raymond. This is kind of a longer question. I'm going to save it. I'm going to put it in my back pocket. Okay, but I promise we'll get to it. So I'm saving it in the inbox here. Uh, it's, it's kind of it's a little more detailed, so I'll have to forward that out to uh, um, to George here, so we can prepare for it. But uh, last thing I do want to talk about asking, and this is from uh, Chaz. The uh, Grand Theft Auto Six trailer just dropped prematurely. It was supposed to actually it was supposed to go live at nine o'clock on Tuesday. Somebody leaked it, and so Rockstar said, "Oh crap, we've got to go ahead and put this out tonight." And I don't know. It kind of just looks like a Florida version of GTA five. 
I'm not. I, I think it looks fine, but they, you know, you don't know any. There's no real gameplay. It's not oh, released until you, 2025. You, where, where's your hype beast mentality, it's not Johnny? There, dude. It's not there. Look, I, oh, and I'll play it. I'm not going to say I'm not going to play it. People have been waiting for this for 10 years. I know. I And look, I'm, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. I'll probably play a lot of it. I don't think it's going to be this. It, by the way, it's going to make more money than any other game ever in history. But I just, I'm not super hyped about it the way I would have been 10 or 12 years ago. for, an, for a See, I don't game. know if it's going to make more money than GTA V. Do you know how much money that game has made? Yeah, but, the, but they're the milk mo- this for GTA Five is the most successful digital entertainment product ever. No, I know, but they're like, going to milk it for just been as that, long and as it they was did for that, GTA Five. It was that when in like 2013, 14, it was that, and it's still made money all the way out for twelve years and an additional two ish years now before gta 6 comes out i don't know if gta 6 it, it, despite the hype i do not know if it's going to have the same amount of longevity as gta 5 has had relative so? to the oh I, I i well first of all with the the legacy that these games have now i don't even know if there's going to be 12 years between 6 and the next one it was already there were only five years between four and five so the demand might be more rapid enough because you got to remember too they they really wanted to flesh out the online mode for the sake of you know really banking the microtransactions oh yeah you gotta get those shark cards right right and they also had red dead redemption 2 to work on between uh gta 5 and gta 6 so i I just don't know if there's going to be enough of a, a runway between uh, the next one after the one they just announced that there's it's going to make more money than GTA Five has. That's the the amount of money that that game is like generated explains the current market of video games. Like <laughs> That's it, true. like so, nearly <laughs> everything has been tailored into a pay to play model. Like because of the success of that game, all the other video game companies, their shareholders see the success that take two and rockstar have had with that, the way it continues to print money and they want a piece of that. The problem is real quick, real quick. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you that. I just looked this up. This is like insane. Since 2013, when GTA five is released, how much would you, estimate that it has made in revenue everything everything yeah online everything since 2013 what would you guess there 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 was a point where they were doing like nine figures a month yeah like in revenue yeah so i'm i think realistically you have to say i mean i'm going to say in the tens of billions of dollars it has made. It's close. So the what I am looking at, what I'm seeing is almost $8 billion in revenue, which is, but that's still insane. <laughs> like that's, I think, I think you're making, my point is you're making a good point. That is a high bar to get over. That is a very high bar to clear. $8 billion for one video game. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's nuts. 
That's absolutely nuts. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, man. Like yeah, Grand Theft Auto franchise has generated, and yet Grand Theft Auto dollars. Four is a better game. It is. No, uh, no, dude. No, I'm with you. I man, I played I played the crap out of three when I was in college. I thought that like I love playing that game. I played some San Andreas. I played four all the way through. I played five all the way, th- and four four is my favorite. Four, it's got the best. Uh, I, I had to go behind my parents' back to get a copy of Grand Theft Auto Four. That, really? that was so hard. They they would not let my sheltered eighth grade ass have that game for anything it's the most no ma- i had it's the most mature i had to go to war to get the, it has the best i had to go to war to series. let them get me halo 3 and then so the jta 4 they're like we're not letting grant the auto into our house and i was like oh, I'll, I'll i'll i had to i was dude i was pl- i was playing it from like midnight to like 6 a.m in the morning and then going to bed during the summer just so that i could like keep the copy like hidden away <laughs> it was unbelievable it was unbelievable. No, it's, it was so it's fun. the best I have game such in fond memories of that game. It's got the best writing. It's got the best characters. The missions are fun and tight. There's no, I mean, G- the problem with Rockstar. And it had a good online mode before it, it was about making money. That's right. It did. And before it was about making money, like the next game was. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and my my favorite thing about Grand Theft Auto Four is, I think the missions, the way they were designed and done. I mean, they still had some of it, right? And and Rockstar's formula has become increasingly like talk to a guy, go to a vehicle, spend five minutes in the vehicle, do a mission, and then you know drive back to where he originally started. GTA Four did not have nearly as much of that as GTA Five did, and everything was tighter. I don't know. I just enjoyed GTA Four a lot more. I thought it was a better game. See the thing that see one of the great things you could do in Four that you couldn't do in Five was. You, you could walk up to any taxi and just kick the taxi and, and the taxi driver would get out and try to fight you. <laughs> and you could just do that with all of the taxis. And you, so you could just walk around kicking like 20 taxis at a time and you'd have an entire mob of taxi drivers chasing you around the city. And I, you could do this with hot dog cart vendors. Yeah. You could do this with all the, all the stereotypical angry New Yorkers. You could just have a mob of them chasing you up and down Broadway. And it was great, but you couldn't do any of that kind of silly stuff in GTA five because that was time that was wasted in single player that wouldn't be spent trying to generate money for shark cards and other microtransactions and stuff in the online game economy right it just the the level of detail and appreciation was not there for the subsequent titles as it was for gta 4 and I'm very, very worried about that relative to six. Yeah, we'll so see. I'm, I'm going, I don't think anybody should have any expectations for that game. And that's coming from someone who is jazzed about it being in South Florida, given. Oh my that's, God. That's I mean, if you I looked live. at the trailer, like it's, it's as you would put it, it's crispy critter. They, they, like, they got the vibes down, yes, but you know, I, I mean, I kind of expected that they're pretty good at that. They're known for that that's at true. this point. That's true. Um, all right. So that's ask us anything. Thank you for asking us literally anything and announcing anything and uh, keep sending those questions in and we'll keep answering them. So that's fantastic. Let's talk about what I originally expected to talk about for at least a little bit here, which is, of course, the uh, the college football playoff um, situation. So, of course, as you know by now, 
uh, Florida State did not make the final four-team college football playoff. Uh, instead, of course, you've got Michigan, you've got Texas, you've got Washington, not in that order, flip it. And then, of course, Alabama at number four, leapfrogging because of their uh, pretty convincing win against Georgia in the SEC title game. Convince? Yeah, I'd say pretty convincing. I mean, they, it was a close. It game. was a close-ish game, but they definitely, you know, I think they controlled it for most of it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a back and forth kind of thing. You SEC propagandist. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, but look, Florida State undefeated. Yes, they looked booty against Louisville in the ACC championship game, and yes, they are missing. You know, I mean, they were down to their third string quarterback. And this is not a situation where they came out and won by 59 points and kind of convinced everybody that, oh, we were actually still really good and whatnot. I, you know, <laughs> you have people saying, are we as Ohio State fans obligated to feel bad for Florida State? I don't think so. I don't like, I, th- look, they could have come out and won, just beat the absolute tar out of Louisville. And I think that would have been a pretty big claim. And look, I, if you're, if you're a Florida state fan, I think you have every right to be upset. If you're a Florida state player or coach, you should be furious for my point. I don't care. I don't, I'm not a Florida state fan. I just want to see a good game. And more to the point, I want to see Michigan lose. So for me personally, I don't feel outraged by the outcome of this. Um, I can understand why somebody would be. And I, I there are plenty of arguments to be made to say that they screwed it up and this is bad for the game and integrity and blah blah blah. But for me personally, I don't I'm not I'm not tweaking about it. It's not something that really makes me upset. Um I'm okay with the way it played out because ultimately what you're saying is is that all right, well, one really, really good team that just beat the number one team in the country is gonna get in over a team that's looked not very good the past three or four weeks. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's it's not something again, I understand the arguments. I'm not saying they're wrong. I just think there is another way to look at it. I, I think there was an interesting point raised uh earlier today by someone on Twitter that I noticed Maybe. that was basically asking if Florida State had fibbed about Jordan Travis's injury status, anointing Alabama to four, but dropping Florida State out was Mm -hmm. oh we have to consider that you know the context of them not having their quarterback available which they in in their criteria that they outline they get in their last bullet point they give that kind of general window for them to be able to factor that in not necessarily as an overruling factor but as something that can be used as a a pillar reason for why you would end up excluding a team. So right. I can understand in that sense, uh, but it really it, it, it's it's just so funny that this kind of situation would play out in the last year where the committee really has to make a difficult choice because <laughs> yeah. it really does just lay to bear not even how much subjectivity is applied on a team to team basis relative to the criteria but i mean it just it it looks so foul right 
It like if you're always, not a this fit. This is always the way the college football playoff was constructed, though, right? Like this kind of this kind of situation was going to happen at some point. And to your but if you're it, but if you're not a fan of a flagship team, that like you, your your love for the sport, like you saw so many people. I I was surprised by how many beat journalists, like high level visible like national reporters were openly disgusted oh, sure, yeah. by the committee's decision. And that just speaks to the committee just being in a position where they say, we know who butters our bread <laughs> and we do not care what the public right. thinks about right. it. <laughs> which is, yeah. which is and 100% that, true. That's, that sucks. That does suck. That does suck. And that, if you're a fan, and that element that doesn't feel good. Yeah. That element of it does suck. And the idea that you don't have any kind of impact and that, you know, what fans desire as a, um, a fair outcome really has no impact on it. Absolutely. That is a crappy feeling. And, um, you know, I, I think people genu- generally understand, right, that Florida State is not nearly as good a team as Alabama right now. Right. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Anybody watching these games, I don't think anybody's going, oh, yeah, Florida State, even with, you know, their third string quarterback or their backup can play against Alabama. I don't think many people are saying that. I don't think many people are even saying that they can compete with Georgia or Ohio State at this point. But for a lot of people, it's not about that. Right. It's about the fact that they went 13 and 0 in a power five conference. They overcame a lot of adversity. They have some really quality wins. And that's not being rewarded. And for a lot of college football fans, that sucks. And I don't, I don't even think it's because they're uh, trying to defend Florida State. It's just like you said, it's the idea that um, you know there's this committee sitting in a room that just doesn't care about any of that. And I think that's what's frustrating for a lot of people. And that's like again, I don't mind from a purely objective stance that. Florida State is out because I just don't think that they're one of the you know best four teams in the country. I don't even think they're one of the best like eight teams in the country. Um, but I can also totally understand why somebody would be angry about how this all played out. Um, with that said, do I think that the quality of the college football playoff is going to be much better because Alabama is in there? The Florida, yeah, one hundred percent. I don't want to see another blowout. I don't want to see another crappy semifinal game. We have seen so many of those right in the past several years if you're a a casual college football fan and you you know you're thinking we want to have the team in there that deserves it that won their power five conference that went undefeated to have your opinions and feelings on that kind of you know discounted and not paid attention to and ultimately you know kind of being found um that it's just it's not not something that they care about i think that's incredibly frustrating now this is I think the last year that you're going to have a big controversy along these lines, I don't think the the debate between the 12th and 13th team is going to be nearly as uh, contentious as the debate between the fourth and fifth. Oh, those team. Liberty, those Liberty fans were making a lot of noise. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really excited for the, uh, the, uh, the bowl game between Liberty and Oregon. That's going to be extremely funny to me. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't think it's going to be as big a deal with the 12 team playoff, but, uh, you know, if this is something that makes you feel some kind of way, I think that's understandable and I'm sympathetic towards it. Obviously Ohio state, they've got a bowl game to play. They're going to play Missouri, the Missouri tigers, um, prior to Kyle McCord, 
declaring that he'd enter the transfer portal. Ohio State was about a seven-point favorite in this. Um, it's you know I don't think a lot of people probably have been paying too close attention to Missouri. I, I think this is definitely a team that for non you know SEC fans that have been kind of under the radar in a lot of ways. Ohio State is nine and one all the time against these guys, but I don't I don't know I don't know how hyped I should be for a January 29th. You know, it's a it's a New Year's Six Bowl technically, but a, a January 29th game um, uh, in Arlington. I don't know. It just it it doesn't seems like it's going to be one without a lot of juice. I, I feel like this is going to be kind of a, a a letdown in a lot of ways for a lot of a lot of people. You got to cherish the opportunity to beat the SEC in a bowl. That's game, true, Johnny. That's true, and that is that is the part of it that I think uh, would get me a little bit more. Just hype. not a traditional SEC team, so it's uh, right. you know they they. So if it I say it loses, feel... it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, that'll be. I don't know. That that's going to be an interesting one, and I don't. Again, I don't know that a ton of people are going to be super um, super up for it. I will say that uh, Missouri head coach Elijah uh, Drinkwitz was had some really funny comments uh, that he had. He was, he was dunking on Michigan and sign stealing. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Good for him. Uh, if, well, if people were poo pooing the Rose bowl with Utah too. And that's true. Uh, that turned out to be a complete out banger. To, that was amazing. Right. It turned out to be one of the most entertaining Ohio state games in recent memory. So right. I would, uh, you know, bear, like, you know, just if we, if we approach every like postseason game, that comes after a loss to Michigan as it's not worth it, then we're going to be absolutely miserable as fans. You know, the players aren't approaching it with that mentality. So I wouldn't, I would, I would cherish it for what it is. You know, I would agree with that. And also, I mean, you know, for guys like Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz, we'll shoot. Maybe this I, is I don't need to see Devin Brown. I hope it's all Lincoln Keyholz all the time. <laughs> no, well, I, I mean, I think that would be sick, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, another bit of Ohio State football news: um, Marvin Harrison Jr. has been named a Heisman Trophy finalist. To me, that's, yeah, I mean, it's great. I'm happy about it. He doesn't have a chance. It was of inevitable. I, it was inevitable from I, you August. Know, yeah, but his his final two games were pretty underwhelming in a lot of ways, and uh, you know, I, I again talent wise, I think he was pretty clearly the the best player in the country. But on the other hand, I also think that there were some times when he, you know he could have improved his import, his performance in some ways. He had some drops. He caught a touchdown in eight straight games to end the season. That's pretty sick. I'm not I'm not hating on that, but I also don't think he was the kind of dominant force that he had to be to get serious Heisman competition um, or co- consideration. So he had a hundred yards receiving in seven of those eight games too, and that's and that's great. But you know, if you want it, you got to be putting up like Megatron numbers, right? Like you got to be doing stuff, you know, that people just haven't seen. And uh, as as great as he was, um, he just I don't think it was enough to get him over the hump. So Jane Daniels Who was throwing and, him the ball. Well, and that's, and you can't control that. So, you know, I, I think that uh, Jane Daniels and uh, Michael Penix Jr. I think it's going to be between those two dudes and who knows? I mean, we were talking about this beforehand, you know, I, I think either one of them could win it, but to your you know point about uh, Lamar Jackson winning on a team that wasn't, you know, a, you know, a, a big contender or even finished ranked uh, if, if, Lamar Jackson go out there and do it, then um, I 
think Jaden Daniels has every opportunity and every chance to win that, especially considering you're coming from LSU and, you know, you're in the, you know, a time zone that's more favorable to people seeing you on a week-to-week basis. So uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see how that plays out. I, you know, I think part of me just wants Michael Penix Jr. to see a guy who came from Indiana and, and you know, was able to have success in Washington. I, I would like to see him uh, be able to pull that out. Uh, but I don't know. It, you may people may just look at a name like LSU and go, you know, it's it's worth it. But on I'm the other just hand, glad Archie is safe for another year. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that is uh, I think that was pretty apparent once you the wheels started to kind of fall off at USC. Oh, most people were terrified because of uh, Caleb entering this year. I I was just like, you know what, man? I thought no, he was going to win it. They're absolutely USC is going to finish with the same record as Northwestern, and it's all going to be fine. Yeah, which is sick, and uh, <laughs> he's he's not even Cable Williams not going to play in their bowl game. So there you go. Um, that's how all, how the mighty have fallen. Real quick before we get out of here, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Ohio State basketball. Real quick, so I don't know if you watched the game against Minnesota, their first Big Ten game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Ohio State jumped out to a pretty huge lead in the first half. I think they were up by like 21-22 late in the first. Minnesota came on with a bit of a run. Uh, Garcia I think put up like 36 points on them or something crazy. But back-to-back-to-back triples from Ohio State late in the second half uh, just basically slammed the door shut on any kind of comeback uh, that the Golden Gophers might have mounted. I got to tell you something, man, and I keep saying this. I don't know how good of a team this actually is. They're defensively, I mean, they they definitely have some deficiencies. Uh, offensively, they are fun as hell to watch. And, I mean, the combination, I'm just going to keep saying it, like Gale Jr., Thornton, Battle, uh, who, you know, was playing against his former team, uh, all those dudes are just so fun to watch. I mean, Bruce Thornton uh, is just an absolute madman on the court. He's everywhere. He put up 26 against the Gophers. Uh, battle at 25, bombing it from three. I mean, with extreme range. It was just a really, really fun game to watch. And, uh, you know, Holtman's out there wearing wearing the ridiculous shades with the crowd afterwards. Uh, I, I have no complaints, no notes. You know, 10 out of 10. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And again, are they a national championship winning team? Uh, no, probably not. But on the other hand, at a Big Ten where Northwestern is, you know, beating up on Zach Eady, then I don't, I don't know what can happen. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with this team? Uh, we we um, were saying it last week, and I, I, ta- I said they lifted me up in the immediate aftermath of the loss to Michigan. So it's yeah, man. We were trying to tell them it's they're they're a fun team. They're legit. So you know, get get on the train while you still can. They they just proved it against Taylor Battle's old team. So. Yeah, dude, nine to seventeen from three, uh, shooting almost fifty percent overall from the field. Uh, they they score with impunity. They did it against a tough Big Ten team, right? It wasn't just like you know a, you know a crappy out of conference opponent. Um, they're gonna they're gonna go back uh, and and play Miami of Ohio here uh, on Wednesday. So that you know going back to the out of conference foes. Um, but if you get a chance, I, I really recommend checking them out because. I think a lot of people might have written off this team in Holtman maybe at the end of last season, um, but right now they're playing really well and really entertaining basketball. So Pit Viper Holtman out. is a menace. <laughs> He's more meticulous than a forensics officer. Um, so 
that's the dubcast for this week uh we're excited to see what happens in the near future because i think this is going to be just a you know another crazy week of uh college football drama uh we'll get to see some more ohio state men's basketball all kinds of other things going on and, and we'll be here at the dubcast to break it all down so until then i'm johnny i'm george and we'll see you next time take care folks